It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, and welcome to the Scouting Report. I'm your host, Bryant Strzala, the Special Event Scout, and this is Episode 7. In Episode 7, I speak with Jason Wibley, who was at BML Blackbird, but is now with Fourth Wall Events. And we talk about lighting, AV, and some technologies and how they've changed since Jason started in the event industry a number of years ago. But before we get to the podcast, I do have an announcement to make. Starting tomorrow, I will be working with creative games going forward. So I start a new job in the office, but I will keep doing the podcast. And with a company behind me, hopefully I will get some better production value. So I look forward to seeing what I will learn with the, my scouting reports going forward. So enjoy this episode and please keep listening. Thank you. Jason Wibley. I am uh, now with Fourth Wall Events. I'm a lighting designer, scenic designer, designer, project manager, jack of all trades, I guess. So, so you're a lighting designer. What mm-hmm. does that mean? A lighting designer? Um, it means that you, essentially you're an artist with light, you know? I mean, uh, the way that I've always looked at lighting is that each lighting instrument is a different paintbrush, you know? So each light has a different color, it has a different pattern, it has a different way that it washes and colors things. So so I like to always think that a lighting designer is a is a lighting lighting artist. What's your favorite color? <laughs> what is your favorite color? No, what is it? That makes like if you're gonna be dealing with light, do you have a specific color of light you like to use the most? You know, I like I mean I like just regular white light. I mean because there's so many different ways that you can play off of it. Because sometimes white light Depending on the, the type of instrument that you're using, you can tone it down, and it's actually an amber light just because of the the amount of glow that's giving off of the the lighting development. It's a little different now with LEDs. But Do you like using LEDs around the back walls to give a little like up light around the back, or yeah, it depends. It depends what I'm doing, you know. I mean, it depends on the project. Each so you project's use a, lot a little of different. Spots? Um, it depends on the it depends on the project. Do gobos fall under your realm? I love gobos. I am a texture fool. I love texture. What's texture. a creative way to use a gobo? And what do you mean by texture with lighting? Texture? Um, how do I explain it? I mean, texture with lighting is that, okay, if you light it, if you light 
an object, you know, you're highlighting the object, okay? You throw a gobo into it, it's giving it a pattern, it's giving it a feel. So, for instance, I can have a rock, and I can light the rock and make that rock highlight and go, whoa, it's the biggest glowing rock that I want. But I can throw another pattern into it that has, you know, like trees or edges or something like that, so it feels like light is shadowed over the top of it. And that's what, that's when a lighting designer says that they're giving something a little texture, does that. Like, Do you think like that people overuse their, like, logo as a gobo? Um... Sometimes, sometimes I think you can overbrand something. I mean, I think it's no, I think a gobo as a logo is no different than you know a sign or a banner or something like that. You know, you have to be cautious about how much you use it. I mean, Google, to give you an example, Google uses their colors, and they uh, they're very cautious about not throwing up the colors as they they say it. Like they don't want to overuse their colors too much. I think I think gobo logos are the same thing, you know. You don't yeah. want to overuse it too much. So, do you have a go-to pattern that you like the most? I like clouds. Clouds. Yeah, because you can use the cloud as a cloud, but I think a lot of the times too, you can take a cloud and throw it out of focus a little bit, and it gives like an interesting depth to certain things. Uh, that is neat. Yeah. So, what else is in your tool bag? What else is in my What else is in my tool bag? Yeah, your gobos, you got pin spots, um, okay, LEDs. You know, I mean, there's so much that's out there right now. You know, I mean, LED walls are out there. Um, you've got, um, you know, there's a lot of LED technology that's out there. That's pixel mapping and all kinds of fun. Stuff, all right, so you know? let's back so. up a little bit. How did you first? How did you first get started? And when did you first get started in the event industry? Um, you know, I mean. If you want to go way, way back, should you we go to take the, us go way should, back? Should, 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 we, should, we, should we go to the Should we go to the way, way back? The way, way back. You know, the, do you know the, you know the way, way back? Uh, I'm thinking it's from Peabody and Sherman. It is. Watch from the right, we're gonna go to yeah, 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 yeah. It's just the way back, not the way, way. Oh, no, okay, fine. Well, I'm, I'm calling it the way, way back. But, you were um, born that long ago that you need to go the way, way back. <laughs> I, I am, I am pretty ancient, but. When I was in high school, you know, I, I first started acting, and that's probably where I first discovered anything to do with theater or, you know, any kind of design. And I was on, I was in art class, and art class in high school was involved in building all the sets and making, you know, making the things on the stage. So I was really, really involved with that. But I didn't know that it was anything. I just knew that that was something that we were doing in art class, you know? Um... I went to college. Um, I actually went to college for an education major. Um, and uh, when I was going for education, um, I also had a work study in the theater department. And uh, part of my work study was building sets the entire time. Um, and I loved it. I was building sets left and right. And uh, You were making the physical sets. Physical sets, yeah, like from wood and from from bottom up and uh, I really liked it and uh, my uh, when I was teaching education it was the, the focus was English language arts and theater and um, I was so involved in the theater side that uh, I had to make a decision at some point I was like am I really gonna am I going to dive into education or am I gonna dive into theater and for me I was like look I'm gonna dive into theater because I would much rather like to know a lot about what I'm going to teach versus how to teach it. I figured that would 
come around at some point. So when I was in, you know, again, I was still in the mindset that I was kind of an actor, not necessarily a technician, even though I was building all the sets at, the, at this time. Almost kind of the opposite of Harrison Ford-ish, if you, if you know the story behind Star Wars, where he was the carpenter and actually... My uncle actually told up, me that there's like yeah. a famous thing in L.A. that you could have a Harrison Ford built deck. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> That's funny. But um, anyway, when I was... He, rolling back from that, even when I was younger, my uncle used to give me a bunch of paintbrushes and pastels and watercolor pencils, and so I would always draw and sketch and color and stuff with this, all this stuff that a lot of kids my age wouldn't necessarily know beyond colors and markers. So I was always playing with different types of mediums. And uh, when I was in the, when I was in the work study and designing, and or not designing, but building sets, um, it got to a point that uh, the senior that was in charge of doing all the lighting was going to graduate, and they were like, we need somebody to do lighting. And they, they asked me, they said, Jason, would that be something that you're interested in? I said, well, I have no idea about it, but I like computers. So, sure, let me give it a shot. So I learned and What year was this? 1990. At that time, it would have been 96, I think. Something like that. So... Um, so yeah, so I was playing and doing all that, and then I went, wow, this is kind of what I did as a kid, only with a totally different medium. You know, I'm not using pastels anymore, now I'm using a Parkan. You know, I'm not using watercolor pencils, I'm using a Fresnel. You know, so I started playing with all that type of stuff and started to design lighting. And for me, I really, really liked it because it was, you know, with set design, you're sketching things down and it's you can see tangibly what you're going to do on a piece of paper. With lighting, a lot of it's in your head and you have to imagine how things are going to work and transition and all that fun stuff. So that's kind of how I got into into the lighting component of it. I haven't really let down ever since then. So after that, how did you make the next leap in your career? The next leap, when I was going to, when I was in undergrad, um, the teacher that there were only two teachers in my theater department I was at a small liberal arts college and there was the acting teacher and there was the technical director slash teacher and I would say that the technical director slash teacher was more scenic design and costume design heavy and less on lighting like he knew a little bit about lighting he but knew it wasn't it, his forte but it wasn't his forte and uh, so I had a decision to make after undergrad. I was like, I can either jump into the real world, which as a lighting designer, I didn't really feel that comfortable doing it, or I could go to grad school. And uh, so I went to grad school at Southern Illinois University and had my focus be specifically lighting design with a, with a secondary in scenic design. Um, and when I went to grad school, I was the youngest out of all the students. So that was really kind of fun. Um, How well, much of a margin? You're the youngest by a lot? Or just... It depended. You know, there, I mean, there were few people that were like maybe a year or two years older than me, but there were some that were like eight years older than me. Gotcha. So it was, it, it was kind of like, it was kind of like the little kid in preschool with, with all the, the kids in sixth grade. Like you felt like you had to jump in in there and try to be a little bit harder and it was really challenging that way. And, uh, but it was a lot of fun, too. You know, I mean, it, it really pushed me to be bigger and better. They actually they actually threw quite a bit on my shoulders as, as uh, you know, as the youngest 
Um, I was doing lighting design, I was doing scenic design, I was doing sound design, I was teaching. Um, then how did you make a jump to being a You roll backwards a little bit to that. Um, when I was in grad school and undergrad school, it was always important to me to get out into the field and try to do stuff. So when I was in undergrad, I interned for the Nebraska, Nebraska Theater Caravan. Um, during my summers, I would go up and work for the Rose Blumpkin Children's Theater. Um, I did a stint in Utah for six months for uh, Tuacon Amphitheater. We did 100 shows of the same show, um, plus a little turnkey, summer stock, revolving, um, a couple of revolving shows that were there. Um, that lasted six months. So that was, there was a lot of stuff. There were like live horses and fireworks and we had a flood that happened on stage and I mean it was like the the designers for the actual show were some designers out of Hollywood and uh, so they incorporated a lot of special effects into that show so that was kind of yeah that was kind of a game changer there too but when I was in grad school um, there was a alumni that that the professors talked about a lot. His name is Jim Moody. Um, Jim Moody wrote a book called Concert Lighting. As a matter of fact, a lot of people look at him as kind of like one of the forefathers of concert lighting. Um, Jim was also like the director of photography for Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy. Uh, he was the lighting designer for John Denver, Captain and Tennille. Um, all those guys, and then he he formed another company called, or he formed a company called uh, Moody Rabbits and Hollingsworth. And Jeff Rabbits, who was his business partner, was the lighting designer for Bruce Springsteen, Shania Twain, Styx. Um, he's won a number of Emmys, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so one summer, I interned for him, and. Uh, I worked with him on kind of on a couple different levels. Jim's really big into education, um, so we went and he. Uh, I was with him when he taught a class down at San Diego State University. Um, can't, I don't remember what he was teaching. I remember I went down there with it. Um, he was working on a theatrical production with Lou McClanahan, so I went with him to do that. And then I did a production meeting of Wheel of Fortune with him, and then. When I was in the office, I was revising a lot of Jeff Rabbit's books for Bruce Springsteen, Shania Twain, all the other people that I was talking about. So that what's, was. What's one lighting secret you picked up on the set of Wheel of Fortune? Um, that there's a light that follows Vanna everywhere that she goes, and uh, the other trick is that behind the wheel, um, if you notice, you'll see that the people are at different levels, so that way they keep their eye sockets the same, so that way they don't shadow differently. So, and then Pat's hair, backlight for his hair has changed throughout the years. Those are those are the three things that I remember most. So it's just those. like the needs just for men, just keep a different yeah, just put a, just, spot. A, just, just put a different spot on the back of my uh, back of my head. It's funny, building um, a trust off the back, yeah. it just looks down. But because Jim was, was, like I said, he was kind of one of the forefathers in the concert lighting industry. When I when I got out of grad school and was looking for a job. That was big on your resume. It was big on my resume, and um, a lot of people knew him, and I applied for two jobs. Um, I applied for one, I, I was living in Nebraska then, I went back home, which is where I grew up, 
And uh, there was a company called TMS Omaha, which is really big in the concert lighting industry. They um, they used to do, I don't think they do it anymore, they used to do Dave Matthews' tour, John Mayer's tour, and a couple big tours there. And then there was BML, which was in New Jersey, but I was like, oh, okay, well, that's close to close to New York, so that's kind of fun. And I really like New York. I went out for, uh, for a Broadway master lighting class. Um, it was one of one of the first or second years that they did it, and I went out there and really enjoyed that. How hard do you think it is to light on Broadway? Is it difficult? More, I mean, I guess is, is it difficult to light for a show as compared to an event? What do you mean? I don't, I don't understand the question. How, like, what is the difference between you lighting a stage for a performance or you just lighting uh, an event? It's it's different, you know. I mean, you have moving targets. No, I mean, it's it's different because in, in, in the event world, you have to think about it coming together quickly. You know, I mean, you've got sometimes only a day, maybe two days max, maybe three days max to put it all together. And you got to get it in, up, lighting, working, and then take it down, you know, where like a theatrical production, you have time to protect, yeah, exactly. And you're doing it over and over. And so over like, and over again. a little better here, so yeah. Yeah. So you, it's a little, it's a little slower of a process to be able to do that. Much more enjoyable for you, just doing something quick for an event. They're both enjoyable for me because they each have their own challenges, you know. So I mean, with a theatrical production, you get the like I said, you get the time to tweak and really paint it and really make it something you can. There's timing that you have to work with in there, you know. I, I'm saying this out loud, I guess. I really like musicals because there is. A musical element that you're playing off it of. It times the lights. It's like fireworks. The right, fireworks exactly. Shows yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun, you know? So, um, like a lot of the times if I'm doing a musical, I'll, I'll put headphones on and I'll listen to music over and over and over and over and over again and try to listen to different transitions and the beats and the timing and when when you call the queue and when you actually want the queue to be seen, which is two totally different things. So if you're on a show, like you're working a Bruce Springsteen show, you're working hand-in-hand hand with a lighting director. You guys together are trying to drill this out. I mean, a lighting or a sound technician. Yeah. So it's like lighting and sound are hand-to-hand working together, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say more so... No, I mean, they, they both are. They both are. I think more so in the concert lighting industry, they are a little bit different. You know, I think more. I think more and more now, like the scenic and the scenic and the lighting, are more hand in hand. Scenic lighting and video, because they're all, they all transition, change, and more are, of the. Uh, but shouldn't the light go hand in hand with the music? It will. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think. I don't. I think you're listening to things. I mean, they don't. The lighting is cueing off the audio, gotcha. for sure. Um, but I don't necessarily know that the audio is necessarily playing on the, the light. Oh, I got you. I'm saying no so the music it. dictates everything. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and that's so you're going to get the tracks, and then you're going to work with the scenic and the video to yep. make the lighting connect with the song. Yeah. Gotcha. So you started uh, 96. It's 2015, so it's 20 years, huh? 19. It's scary, huh? What, uh, <laughs> what are some major changes that have happened in the lighting industry since you started? I think LEDs is probably the biggest thing. Like, I remember in 2000, 2000 it would have been early, it would have been like 2001, something like that. California made this push that by whatever date, I can't remember the date, that they wanted to get rid of 
you know, lighting with a fil- tungsten lighting, essentially, with the filament. Anything they wanted to get rid of it. They wanted to bring the lighting consumption down because it was sucking up resources. And I remember the lighting industry like was freaking out. They were like, "Oh my gosh, how are we going to do anything in California? California is like a major market, and they're putting all these restrictions on lighting." You know, and so what came out of it? LEDs came out of it. Like, it made why did California put all those restrictions on lighting? Because California is always a game changer. They wanted to be different. Yeah, they always want to be different, and they, they, they. I mean, they were being forefathers and taking a look and going, look, you know, I mean, we want to do do something about all this wasted energy consumption. And this is the way that we're going to go about doing it. And, and with the wireless LEDs, you get to cut out a number of wires. It's kind of it wasn't even it wasn't even wireless LEDs at the time. It yeah. was just going to LEDs, you know. So in you know, yeah. But you eventually, had, when you cut out, that's a big thing for any event planner totally. because you're not taking people out of the illusion. You have less things for people to trip on. Right. So. Yeah, I mean it. I mean, I think that push in California made a major shift in the industry. I think that's probably I think that was probably one of the biggest shifts you know so, so. since 2001 has it just been the more I guess advancement of the computer so you could do more or like there's but I have so since 2001 what has been the next big shift in lighting technology I think the I think one of the biggest shifts has been that lighting just isn't lighting anymore. You know, and then you, I think this shift, again, that was one of those shifts that started. The multimedia the, element. Multimedia, video, you know, video, sound. video is now as much as lighting as lighting is, is video, you know, I mean, it's, you see a lot of that happening. Video walls, which, which emit light is considered, you know, part and of it. And you have now performers going out with light suits, so it's like lights being incorporated yeah. in a moving element, you don't need as much light around the background because right. your actual event elements light themselves. Yep. So do you miss the old days when it was more lighting was, I guess, more of an art and specialty, and now uh, it seems that it's just kind of getting mixed with more things? You know, I mean, the lighting industry is really, really hard now because a lot of people, it's, it's becoming affordable. I was going to say, so there's, there sounds like there's <laughs> yeah. also a shift in the model of doing business when it comes to lighting. There's a total shift in the, in the model of it. I mean, like I said, people people have access to go buy LEDs now at an affordable price. Color-changing LEDs are an affordable or price. Or TVs. Or TVs or anything like that. But, I mean, just, I mean, my wife is a fanatic about it. it drives me crazy. But during, during Christmas time, they have the whatever it's called, the Christmas tree wars or Christmas light wars or whatever it is where people like are lighting their houses and they are, you know, synchronizing it to music and all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I went down to Decker Heights. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, the average Joe can buy cheap little computer programs and lighting programs. And there was one that actually did video mapping, you know, for, for really, really cheap, almost nothing. And... Now, now where it's kind of been, it, it used to be an art form. Anybody feels like, not anybody. But Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.